Well, the week is flying by, and here we are on a Friday, and you have found the podcast that we call Time in God's Word, and this is David Carnes. And isn't it just wonderful that we can get together and just walk through a part of God's Word together? That's what we do here. But over the past several weeks now, we have been walking through that part of John's Gospel, John chapter 3, where Jesus is speaking to a man by the name of Nicodemus. Nicodemus, a Pharisee, a man that believed that he could just work his way to God. And yet, Jesus, throughout this conversation, makes it very clear that man contributes nothing to eternal life, but eternal life is a total and complete work of God. And so, this is what we're learning as we are going through this text. But now, as we continue today, we are looking at the part of the conversation where Jesus makes it clear that it all comes down to faith, that man does have a responsibility, and that is man must place faith in what God has done to bring about eternal life, that man must believe that man is a sinner in need of a Savior, and that Savior is Jesus, the one that died for man's sins, rose from a grave, the one that can give eternal life, and again, that is Jesus. But it's all about believing. And as we continue then to just walk through this text, we now get to verses 13 through 15. And let me say a remarkable text, but a text that we are going to call the command of Jesus to believe. Jesus making it very clear that eternal life comes down to believing, and one must believe in order to be saved. But that is what we're going to look at today. And again, it's John chapter 3, verses 13 through 15. And so let me take you to the text now as we spend time in God's Word. But now we go to point number two. Now, as we go to point number two, if you're a note taker, this is what you'll want to write down. You'll want to write down, Jesus commands belief. Now, last week, the point was Jesus confronts unbelief. Today, we're going to pull off the pages of Scripture. This point, Jesus commands it. You must believe. There's nothing, uh, it's it's not a request, it's a command. And so he commands this. But we see this, verses 13 through 15. These are the verses that we're going to focus in on now. But again, Jesus speaking to Nicodemus, he's stressing again belief. He's he's stressing faith to Nicodemus. And so now do this with me. Look at your Bible again. Look at verse number 13 now. Let me read it. In verse number 13, Jesus says, No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. That's verse number 13. Now, We're going to stop there for a moment. This is a most interesting verse. We look at that and we might be puzzled really as to, Jesus, what are you saying there? What is that? But let me just cut to to the point and bring out what is said here. But Jesus simply said, and hear me on this now in verse 13, Jesus said, for the most part, no one goes to heaven and then comes back down to earth again. For the most part, you don't see that happening. That's how you read that. And again, you look at the verse and Jesus says this. Now, listen to what he says. Jesus says, so I have ascended to heaven. In other words, Jesus is saying, I've been there. 
And then he says, I've also descended from heaven. And so again, you break it down. Jesus says, I've been to heaven. By the way, that is his home. So of course he's been there. And Jesus also says, I've come to this earth. That's how you read that verse. By the way, I did say that Jesus said for the most part, did you hear me say that? I said Jesus for the most part said no one goes to heaven and then comes back down to earth again. There have been those exceptions other than Jesus who have been to heaven and then have come back. You say, well, who would that be? I'd like a list. (laughs) Let's start with Lazarus. How about Lazarus? He died. Well, when he died, he had to go somewhere. My Bible teaches me he went to heaven. And so then he was brought back to earth. So Lazarus would be someone. Paul wrote about a short trip that he made to heaven, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. So he saw heaven, he comes back. Elijah from the Old Testament, he went to heaven and then he came back. He came back at the transfiguration of Jesus, as did Moses as well. So Moses, we could put in this category. So Elijah and Moses. But the point being in is this is very rare, extremely rare. But Jesus says, so I have been to heaven. He says, I have come back from heaven to this earth. By the way, you notice again, and let me point this out to you as well. You notice at the end of verse number 13 that Jesus, how does he refer to himself? Jesus refers to himself as how? He refers to himself as the Son of Man. Now you look at that and you go, what is that? Simply a reference out of Daniel chapter 7, verse number 13. And understand this, that is a messianic title. Now hold on to that because this is huge. It's huge right here because as Jesus is confronting Nicodemus regarding his unbelief, Jesus says, okay, Nicodemus, I have been to heaven. You you hear what Jesus is saying to Nicodemus? He says, I've been to heaven. I've come here. And not only that, Nicodemus, but I'm the son of man. What's he saying? I'm Messiah. I'm the one who has come to bring eternal life. So what's he announcing right at this moment in this conversation? He is announcing, I'm God. I'm Savior. I'm Lord. I'm Messiah. I've come right out of heaven down here. That's who I am. But then, not only that, and you can even go back up to verse number 11 in all this. You remember that Jesus said, I've, a, I've testified about eternal life. You remember verse 11. We've looked at it again this morning. Jesus said, along with the prophets, I've testified about eternal life. I've come with the message of eternal life, that eternal life is a work from above and that every man must believe what God has done. And what's so important here is Jesus is saying, this message, Nicodemus, this message regarding eternal life, this message regarding faith, where's this message coming from? It's not coming from this world. Where's it coming from? It's coming from heaven. This is a message right from God. It's coming right out of heaven. And here I am with it. Again, it's not a message of the world. It's a message from heaven. And this is what Jesus is saying here. This is the point that he's making in verse number 13. Awesome point. But then there's verse number 14. Look at it. In verse number 14, the text goes on to say, and Jesus still speaking, again, another very interesting verse, 
Jesus says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Now again, you look at that verse and you might want to scratch your head and you might want to go, what is that? Let me just say this. There is a wonderful point here. We're going to pull this out. But you look at that verse again. What does Jesus bring up? Or who does He bring up? Well, He brings up Moses. You see? He brings up Moses. He brings up a serpent that was lifted up on a pole in the wilderness. And we ask again, what is this? What is this about? The answer is, this is a reference to the account in the life of the people of Israel that is found in the Old Testament book of Numbers, chapter 21. That's what we have here. It's a reference. Jesus going back in Scripture. And out of that text, out of Numbers 21, let me share this with you. There is a very unusual account there of the people of Israel. They are wandering through the wilderness. They are frustrated. They are upset. They are mad. They are complaining. And they are being disobedient toward God. The people, they're out there in the wilderness and they're saying to God things like this. They were saying to God, so God, you brought us out of Egypt to die here in this wilderness, didn't you? That's what you've done. They complained that there was no food. They complained that there was no water. They even, say, they even said, we loathe the worthless food that you have given us, God. Can you imagine speaking to God like that? And as a result of their disobedience, as a result of their complaining, their lack of trust, this is what God did. God sent snakes throughout the land. Now, we live in the desert. We can relate to this. And the snakes, what did they begin to do? The Scripture tells us the snakes began to bite the people, and many of the people died. Now, you can imagine, but the people, they went into a panic. They began to cry out to God. They run to Moses and they're asking that Moses pray to God and God, please take the serpents away. <laughs> That's what they ran to Moses, asking that Moses pray. So the text goes on to say, the text says Moses prayed. He prayed for the people. As a result, God said to Moses, Moses, this is what you do. I want you to make a fiery serpent. This is how the text reads. I want you to make a fiery serpent. I want you to set it on a pole. And everyone who is bitten, when they see it, shall live. When they look up at that fiery serpent, when they look at the top of that pole after they've been bit, they'll live. That's what God said. So did Moses do it? Moses did it. And again, the text says, if anyone was bitten, then that person would look at the bronze serpent and live. That's what it says. Now, would you agree with me? This is very odd. This is very strange. But there are really two wonderful lessons here. And this is why Jesus brings this up to Nicodemus. Because listen, you've got to be sitting there going, why would Jesus bring this up? Why does he bring it up? Well, what's the context? The context is faith. He's moved into faith now, right? And so he's teaching a lesson about faith here. And what I mean by that is, do you notice in the account of the serpents, of the snakes, and the people in the wilderness, the people, 
did not have to do anything within their own strength to live, did they? All they had to do was what? Do what they were told to do and believe they would live if they just did what they were told to do. What were they exhibiting? Faith. I mean, it takes faith to do what they did. When somebody comes to you and says, okay, you've been bitten by a snake. Now, if you'll just look at the pole, you'll live. What has to kick in for you to do that? Faith. Faith. I mean, God told them just to look at the pole. They'd live. So again, what's going on? Faith is going on. Believing is going on. And understand this, but this is yet just another analogy that Jesus uses in this conversation with Nicodemus. And what Jesus is teaching right here is, Nicodemus, it's all about believing, just like it was for the people out in the wilderness with the snakes. It's all about believing. I mean, just like those people in the wilderness that were bitten by the snakes and and poisoned and left to die, all they had to do in order to, to, to live was commit an act of faith. Do what God said and they would live. And Nicodemus, the same is true right now. The same is true with you. You've been bitten by the sting of Satan. You've been poisoned by Satan's sin. You're dead right now, Nicodemus, because of Satan's bite on you. But Nicodemus, all you've got to do and all that you can do, Nicodemus, is just look up. Just look at me, Nicodemus, and place your faith in me, Nicodemus, and place your faith in what I've come to do, Nicodemus. And Nicodemus, this is all any man can do. This is all any man can do, Nicodemus. That's the first lesson. There's a second lesson in all this. This verse that Jesus gives. It's about the lifting up. You see that there, right? The lifting up. Jesus says, so that the Son of Man must be lifted up. You see that in that verse? Now, this is a reference to Jesus. Now he's he's talking about himself here. Really two things that you can see in that little statement. Remember that Jesus, he's already said to Nicodemus that he is the Son of Man. He's already made that statement. I am the Son of Man. Jesus declaring that he is Messiah. Verse 13. And so he says here in verse 14, he says, Nicodemus, I am the one that is lifted up. I am the one that is lifted high. And I want you to hear me on this. But one thing that this statement points to is, it is Jesus and only Jesus that is above all. It is Jesus that is supreme. There is none greater than Jesus. It is Jesus that man has to place hope in. No one else. It's just Jesus. Not your works, not your efforts, nothing that you can do. It is all about Jesus, who He is, Messiah, Savior, King, God in the flesh. And every person, if you want eternal life, you got to look to Him and there's nobody else you can look to. It's Him and Him alone. He's the one lifted up He's the one above all. You see that right there? But then with that said, there's something else here. Just one last thing. Watch this. Again, when Jesus says, so must the Son of Man be lifted up. Obviously, of course, what's that speaking of? That's speaking of His crucifixion. That's speaking of Jesus one day being lifted up on the cross. And Jesus is saying, 
there will come a day, Nicodemus, there will come a day that Messiah is going to be nailed to a cross. There will be a day that Messiah is going to die for the sins of man. There's going to be a day that Messiah is going to bear your sins and die in your place and be your substitute on that cross, taking your penalty for your sin, which is death. He's talking about his crucifixion. Understand this, first time in John's Gospel that we're told how Messiah is going to die. It's right here. He's going to be lifted up. That's the cross. Now, again, remember back in chapter 2, verses 19 through 22, we were told that the body of Jesus would be destroyed. It would be raised up. But right here, he's starting to get even more specific for us. That's what he's doing. Remember, by the way, who is Jesus? Jesus is God, which means Jesus is omniscient, which means right there at that moment, just a couple of years before his crucifixion, he knows how he's going to die. How is that? Because he's God and he knows. But Jesus says at this point, he says, Nicodemus, you just need to look up, man. You need to look at the one that's above all. You need to look at and believe in Messiah, you need to come to me, Nicodemus. And you don't work your way to me, Nicodemus. You don't try to impress me with who you are, Nicodemus. You just place your faith in who I am and what I'm going to do for you. And that is, I'm going to bear your sins, die for your sins, go to a grave, rise from the grave, and I will have life. And if you just come to me and place your faith and trust in me of who I am and what I've done for you, I will give you eternal life. And Nicodemus, faith It's enough. It's enough. But then you look at verse 15 and we close with this. Watch this. In verse number 15, Jesus, He continues to speak and He says that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. Could Jesus have gotten any more clear? No. Whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. Him is a reference to Jesus. And remember that this message that Jesus is giving Nicodemus, remember, where did it originate? It originated from heaven because he's from heaven. He brought it down from heaven. Jesus said that he had been in heaven. He descended from heaven. And so here's the message. And where's it coming from? Right out of the halls of heaven. And when we look at verse number 15, understand that this is right at the heart of the message that Jesus brings. The heart of the message is, whoever believes in Him, Jesus, may have eternal life. Not maybe, not might, may, will, guaranteed, eternal life. It's all about believing. It's all about faith. Jesus is saying, Nicodemus, it's not about works. It's about faith. And this is all the sinner can do, but believe. One last quote out of Scripture. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. The Apostle Paul, the Apostle Paul writes this. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of your own doing. It's the gift of God, not a result of works, so that no one may boast. It's faith. So it's about believing that whoever believes in Him may have eternal life. 
so very clear, isn't it? Yes. But that is our text for today. And let me say this. Let me say that all of this has been leading up to a verse that some might say is the most well-known, most important verse in all of Scripture. That verse is verse number 16 out of John 3. And that's where we're going to be next time when we come back together. And that will be next Monday. So until then, you have a wonderful weekend. On the Lord's Day, I pray that you find yourself in a Bible-believing and Bible-teaching church. And might you find yourself in great fellowship with God and God's people. But we will see you again on Monday as we come back together and spend time in God's Word.